Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it, you've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? In the season of Santa, there are two kinds of people. The naughty and the nice. I got 50 bucks for the first elf that brings me Santa Claus. Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, and he's definitely naughty. To make his getaway, he's going to make a mockery of the world's most beloved hero. Do you have a minute? Fox me, a little brat. That's him. But sometimes, the only way you can feel the spirit of Christmas... Where'd he go? ...is to be hit over the head with it. Santa! What? It's showtime. Now, this confused bad boy is Santa, like you've never seen him before. A bearded basher of bad guys. Yeah! A hero with a silly hat. <laughs> A Robin Hood in red. Who were those guys anyway? Oh, they went from Mr. Frost. He's been clearing out the whole neighborhood and no one knows why. And he's got three days to foil a band of evil scientists. Assemble the team. They're taking the orphanage. Wait till Santa hears about this. He'll kick your butt to New Year's. <sighs> Santa, you slay me. Hulk Hogan is Santa with an attitude. Keep him off the cookies, man. Santa with some friends. Santa with a mission. How are we supposed to get over this? And most of all, he's Santa with muscles. They can't start Christmas without me. Can they? There have been many Santas. You're not Santa. You're fed. But there's only one named Hulk. Well, all you had to do was knock. Santa with muscles. Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Arkansas. <laughs> I'm, Tex oh, I'm, I'm Tex Arcana. I can't, I can't even laugh at that. <laughs> Come hey, on. I just wanted this movie to be fun. It was fun. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, getting oh, the, I'm getting the death stare from Jack. I'm sorry, it wasn't any. As fun. usual, we're brought to you by <laughs> Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Mike and your dance, Adina. <laughs> Trying to make Jack laugh. Yeah. I love you, Jack. Today, we watched a movie called Santa with Muscles, and it came out in 1996, and it's a movie starring Hulk Hogan. And. Um, it looked fun. It looked like a good time. Look, it looked like I have a good time watching this. And <laughs> what happened? I, did, I didn't. I didn't. This wasn't a good time, guys. Nope. So, had either of you seen this movie before we watched this? Are you kidding? I don't know. Absolutely not. It's on I'd YouTube never for free. Heard of it? <laughs> I'd never heard of this movie. I had. No, I'm not. 
I hadn't Sorry. seen it, but I, I, I'd heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah, this was in the 90s when it was a good idea putting wrestlers in movies. And you know what? For The Rock, it worked out. For Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. <sighs> Read to us, Zip. Yeah, sorry, I'm losing my mind. Can we get the IMDb description for this piece of yeah, shit? Yeah, uh, and it's not a very good one. It's not even completely... Huh. Almost like it's not a very good movie. Well, yeah. Um, it simply states, an evil millionaire, which I didn't really think he was evil. He was anyway, just a dick. An evil millionaire believes he is Santa Claus after an accident renders him amnesiac. Written by the intended demographic yeah. of this movie. Yes. They wouldn't know the word amnesiac since the intended audience for this movie is a three-year-old. Like, yes. Yes, it is. There's no question about that. This is supposed to be a kid's movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fuck it. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> All right. So we open on a stupid-ass little girl explaining the villain's suspicious activities. There's this douchebag named Mr. Fucking Frost. <laughs> And he's in, like, this small town conducting weird experiments and being a dick to the townspeople. People are moving out, and she's like, Dear Santa, he's being a fucking dick. Please send help. Or yeah. whatever the fuck. I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, apparently when I'm, a, I'm in trouble, I write to Santa Claus for help. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. And let's not forget what the opening shot is. Because the little girl, we don't know this at the time, but she's an orphan yep. and she's in an orphanage. She's in an orphanage. But it starts in the tower of the orphanage, which is an old church. Church. Up in the tower, the bell tower. Did you have a flashback? Do, with the Santa? Yes. There's yeah. a robotic Santa la- laughing maniacally. Yep. And, and I was like, oh shit, yes, not again. Not again. Yes. And, and all the opening credits are in red. And they're... On top of this Santa. Yeah. So you can't read them. You cannot read the credits because they're on top of a red Santa. So, yeah. So I had to rewind the credits a few times because not only is Hulk Hogan in this movie, Don Stark is in this movie. Yes, he is. Garrett C. Morris is in this movie. Yes, he is. And... Ed Begley Jr. And Ed Begley Jr. And... Mila Mila Kunis. Oh, my God, you guys. Two. So not one, but two, two. actors from that 70s show yes. are in this movie. Yes. We have some serious talent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was probably, I didn't look it up, but this was probably. Uh, this is 96. Yep. And it was probably Mila Kunis's one of her first. She was 13 when this was made. It is her second film role. Okay. And, um, but not, it's, uh, she had done a couple of TV spots and then her first movie, and then another TV show, and then this. And then this. So, yeah. yeah. So this is her second feature film. So, yeah. So this is what we start with. We start with a young lady writing a letter to Santa. We find out she's in an orphanage, and she doesn't want anything for Christmas. She just wants her town to be saved. Bet she likes her parents. (laughs) So this douchebag Mr. Frost is trying to take the orphanage for reasons we'll get to later, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> and we get this punctuated by Frost stealing a fucking Christmas tree from the middle of their fucking front yard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which, put a pin in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cut to our hero, played by Terry Bel- Bel- 
excuse me, Terry Balia. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He it's it's Hulk Hogan's yeah, name. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's his yeah, that's his real name. Okay. So he's abusing his staff. His basically his staff, he's this crazy Oprah rich guy who has all of his help staff trying to attack him and his workout routine is by kicking their asses. Right, but we don't know that. So from the start, we just think it's some sort of... It looks like a takeoff of Commando. Exactly. It's it's a muscle guy trying to infiltrate some sort of compound. Right, so it makes it look like he's a bad guy and he's trying to... Yes. So, so yeah, so it isn't until it's over that we realize that he's having his staff go through his... And exercise it is because yeah. we don't, and we, like you said, we don't know any of this until it's the actual scene is over. Right. But he is attacked by the gardeners, uh, the chef, two chefs, Butler. the chauffeur. So two yep. gardeners, two chefs, a chauffeur, and then eventually the butler shows up. Yeah, Chaz. Yeah, who yeah. throws a serving tray. Serving at him. tray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. and he's fighting them all off, and then he calls for time. And this whole thing took like four and a half minutes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we can do better than that. And you figure out these are all of his servants at yeah. his mansion. Yep. And it's during all this that we start seeing where the movie likes to, um, with it, how they like to use their sounds. Because while he's being the shit out of one of his um, staff members, yep. he takes two plates, as you said, Zip, and hits a guy over the head with them. And it makes a sound like cymbals. How the fuck did he do that? <laughs> yeah. It's all a game. It's just yeah. And this is the the sound effects are run rampant. Yes, cartoon sound very effects. Very similar to Ed. Yes. Very similar to Ed, and it's in that very same style of movie. This is supposed to be for little kids, and it makes wacky cartoon sounds. And people getting hit was supposed to be funny, and over the top, and it's supposed to make little kids laugh. Yeah, but it's. It's all all a big game. So it's it's all it's so it's all cartoon sound effects and sorry, Jack, and really bad puns. Yeah. That is the consistent go to for laughter in this film is really bad puns. And if that doesn't work, throw in a cartoon sound effect. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's all they got going for it. Did I mention I didn't like this movie? (laughs) Oh no. And right off the bat, I mean, you get your very first one in this scene. Right. The very first person that attacks him, one of the gardeners, he ends up throwing him to the ground where his head lands in some sort of bush. And he tells him not to stop and smell the roses. And I'm like, well, first of all, if that was a rose bush, his face would be mutilated. Right. (laughs) So it's not even an accurate statement. Right. And it's just terrible. It's just a really bad pun. Yeah, it's just terrible. Ugh. Uh, have we mentioned that Jack hates puns like more than probably anything? So there's that. You holding up okay, Jack? <laughs> we cross to a table where we find that he's rich because he is developing like a, a, a nutrition workout food supplement line. The shit that you buy at GNC. Yep. Yeah. All of the supplemental powders and proteins and whey. And yeah, that's this and guy. It all has his stuff. picture. It all features it his, all has his yep. picture. And his name and is Blake Thorne. They're all conveniently facing directly towards the camera. He decides. He complains that the picture is not big enough. That is correct. And can I just say that his mannerisms when he's douche, asshole, mm-hmm. rich guy, I, I wrote down, is he gay? Because he was doing, I mean, the way he was acting as 
as this bad guy yeah. was very flamboyant and cartoonish. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it was a matter of cartoonish spilling over right. into stereotype. Yeah. And so muddled it was a, a very muddled line. Well, right, and the, the the not being able to act part is is part of the problem. But well, there's that. But yeah. yeah, I think he was just trying to be cartoonish. Yet he's a very rich, elegant, refined yeah. person, and it just sort of comes across as limp-wristed kind yeah. of thing. So, so either you're offended, or you're just like, oh, this is horrible. So either way. It's a lose-lose situation. And so then he goes up to his friends and he's like, okay, brothers, the workout's done. Let's go play paintball. And so he, they all get on their Jeeps and their bikes and all the kinds of that shit. And they ride out through his gate. And they came and they fuck up the exit through the gate because they're, like, about to they like, drive oh, yeah. through it. Yes. The gate is, not, is only about halfway open when the motorcycles try to make their way through it. And one almost, almost like completely it. wipes out. And he has to stop. Having to... Yeah. Come around the side of the gate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm like, oh, should they? Oh, yeah. they should really have. They died. should have re- redone that redo track. That. Yeah, so redo by that. paintball, they're pl- basically playing it in in open, like on in public on public property. So they're playing on the roads, like they're in high speed chases with motorcycles, like one team and gets another. And of course, and the, we all, the only reason we know that they're in teams is because they're all wearing bandanas on their heads. One team has red bandanas. The other team has blue bandanas. Good thing they they don't explain it. Uh, right. You just have to extrapolate that from what you're seeing. Because you've got... Right, because then you see a sign for the North Pole. Well, that's after the chase. Arc. Yeah, so we have this chase. What the shit was that about? Well, so, it was, so and this is, was confusing. But, of course, go, go well, back. There's, there's confusing, but that comes after the offensive. Yes. Because... And it just it kills me because my favorite character actor in movies for yes. forty years now, Clint Howard. Yes. Oh come on, Clint Howard is awesome. He's great. And Jack. notice I call him Clint Howard and not Ron Howard's brother, uh, as I, some people do, which right. is disrespectful I to like Clint the, Howard. The movie where he played the bumbling police officer. <laughs> oh, well, Jack. it's funny you mention that because <laughs> in this movie he plays a bumbling police officer. <laughs> Well, technically, Sheriff. Jack, anyway, nobody can um, see so you. <laughs> while this paintball war is happening, one of the guys on motorcycle, on a motorcycle, like, goes zooming up the side of this rock, and uh, Clint Howard, who is the sheriff or a sheriff's deputy or something, is in his patrol car, hiding behind the rock, playing with his radar gun, pretending it's a laser gun, going pew, 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 <laughs> which... Come on. That's funny. It is funny. And uh, the motorcycle comes leaping over the rock and lands on top of the car and keeps going. And then uh, Hulk Hogan's character and the guy driving, is uh, they're in a Humvee, and they come speeding past in front of the car. And immediately, the sheriff, Clint Howard's character, sees this high-speed chase with the paintball guns, I guess, assuming they are regular guns, and sees bandanas on their head and immediately says, oh, terrorists, and then does an all-call on the radio for backup and then takes off after him, thinking that he's chasing terrorists. terrorists. Yeah. Because they're wearing bandanas on their head. Yep. I will say that. That's all I can assume because there is no other logic or reasoning given to why he thinks they're terrorists. He just looks at them and says, terrorists, and starts chasing them. I'd like to add that a movie about 
Clint Howard chasing terrorists set to a Christmas theme will be a much better movie than this one. Agreed. It Let's would. make that happen. Absolutely. I'm down. I'm totally down. So then he gives chase. Yeah. And we so see a sign that says the North Pole. Yeah, and they see the cop behind them and they think, oh, no, we can, let, you know, let's just make it part of the game. So they decide to outrun the police instead of stopping. Right. So and they see signs for this town that has a mall in it. And we know so, it's called Lakeville and we're seeing palm trees. So we know we're in California. Like yes. you are in California, but then you see this North Pole. So then you realize, oh, it's almost Christmas. It's right. Okay, thank you. They're going to Lakeville Mall. That's where Santa where they is. Have Santa's village. Says. Okay. Yes. So then Hulk we Hulk. get to the mall. Where Hulk runs inside. He, is, he literally ducks and rolls out of the Jeep. Yep. Runs into the mall where, for some reason, the cops decide to pursue this one guy mm-hmm. instead of the other motorcycles, instead of the actual the guy still driving the high-speed Jeep. Yeah, the motorcycles mm-hmm. and Humvees and everything are still out on the highway as That's far right. as we know. Yeah. But for some reason, and, and we never see them actually chase him across the parking lot. He just walks across the parking lot. That's right. Like, oh, I'm going to go hide out in this mall. And then the next thing we know, they're actually in the mall searching for him. And they're in the back part of the mall. The unfinished part where the drywall that that's is right. painted is just hanging on the wall. So we're, we're not even see seeing any stores. And the cops, the police officers, this is clearly fantasy because the cops have never, ever put this much effort into catching a rich white guy. Nope. <laughs> so nope. already we're living in a fantasy. There you go. Well, and the fact that they don't know who he is when... Right. He's clearly the richest person in Lakeville, which the gets richest said person in 10, ten states. states. That's right, because they say that. Later yeah, and this this is going to come up a lot about the, this guy's identity, too, and who mm. knows who he is and who doesn't. So, well, we yeah. established with their Santa's workshop that they can't find their Santa. And so all the elves there are basically offered money to try to find a, a Santa. Santa. A yeah. Santa, Santa whatever. Yeah, they never really... So, Lenny is the elf we meet, played by... Don Stark. He owes money to this guy we've met earlier named Frost, played by Ed Begley Jr. And he decides, okay, well, since I can make some money doing this that I owe this dude, I'm going to put my effort into finding a fucking Santa Claus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Speaking of, I didn't think I'd have to do this this soon after Ed. He's standing oh, up, like, y'all. <laughs> He's standing up. Got a pace. He's we got to so videotape some of these. We cut to our villain, or villains, as it were. We meet uh, our first villain, our, our second to the main, uh, who I wrote this entire review. I called him Dr. Snape. And- <laughs> <laughs> Is that Blight? Yeah. The Alan Cumming role? Yeah. Which Alan Cumming should have been in. He works for Dr. Frost, and he's busy, tor- he's busy torturing this businessman. Who looks like Lee Trevino, by the way, if any of you are <laughs> yeah, golf he does. fans. He, he does. does. He, he does. looks he like Lee Trevino. Yes, he does. So, Frost, because he is a germaphobe, he always communicates with his victims, quote-unquote, via television set held by Dr. Snape. Okay. <laughs> so, it's here that we meet his other, his other lackeys, his other scientists, the other bad guys, uh, and their names are uh, Party City, The Shocker, and Walter White. And so these are three evil scientists that are all working together to torture this one motherfucker who owns a business. A shoe store. Yeah, a shoe store. I'm sorry. I love what you called them. Am, and, I, am I wrong? You're not wrong. They're no, also and called... And they are also better names than what they're given because that's the, right. their names it's are all bad puns. Blight, oh. Dr. Vile, Dr. Watt... <laughs> 
Vile, Dr. Watt, and Dr. Flint. Dr. Yes. Flint is, is the, the archaeologist. G- yes. Dr. Watt is the shocker. <laughs> Dr. Watt is the shocker. Dr. Vile is Party Claus. City. I didn't even get that one. <laughs> and Dr. Vile is the... Uh, Methane guy. Uh, the aroma. He's the, he, guy, he he's the gas guy. Gases, yeah. And he keeps them in vials. Yes. So it's V-I-A-L, not vile as in evil vile. Right. But that's, yeah. that's an also part so, of the But I like yours culture. better. So as I said, Party City, <laughs> Walter White, and the shocker. There you go. So... They're torturing this one guy because they want his property and he won't sell. So like, oh, yeah, well, let me let my three dumbass goons on you for a little bit. Yep. So we cut back to Hulk Hogan, who, while he's trying to go away from the cops, he puts on a Santa suit that's just conveniently hiding back behind the scenes of the mall. Uh, and it's here that a kid and his father, who are apparently just wandering the... Yes. What? The what? back what? roads of the mall. wandering the back <laughs> yeah. office yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he and his father just wandering the back hall, and they say, "Hey, kid!" Hey, like, no, the, the kid says, "Hey, look at Santa!" I thought I, thought you were... I missed you. <laughs> yeah, and so he drops open his fucking uh, uh, Christmas wish list, which makes a cash register sound effect. Gee, how the fuck did it do that? <laughs> Any theories? I got none. Nope. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> So Hulk, maybe it's the same guy who had the dollar sign eyeballs. In yes, head. ding. Yeah, there you go. So Hulk runs away from all this. He has his army fatigues hanging out of his ass for some dumbass for reason. some That's reason. Yeah. So they can say like, "Look, it's him." So Hulk hides in a huge shaft, and uh, and while this is happening, like, so he's like hanging onto the shaft with his hands while the cops are looking for him. They don't see the giant pair of fucking Hulk. Hogan-sized hands is hanging over the side of it. And above the shaft, there's this one dude who's throwing away this trash from the Christmas nativity set or whatever the fuck. And it's all paper. It's all, like, like loose garbage, whatever. Which, first of all, it would have been a lot funnier if it was just heavy shit that you just see falling in the background knowing that it's hitting Hulk Hogan. But, no, we have to lead up to, to an actual plot development. So he's like, hey, look at this big fucking ass Santa thing. I'm just going to pick it up. I'm going to put it down <laughs> right in your head. And so it falls on him, and it hits him on the back of the head, and he gets uh, what, I get, what I'm now calling the Jerry O'Connell disease, where he conveniently forgets everything that is convenient to the plot, but is accepting of whatever memory he yes. needs to get the plot going along. Yes. Fuck it. <laughs> Can I just say that Clint Howard's character, uh, before uh, the end of this scene, says... Because uh, they see him running away in the Santa Claus costume, and then the fatigues are outside of his ass. Right. He says, I'm not going to let this guy get away with Santa fraud. You guys, I'm sorry you can't see this. We really should start taping these episodes so you can see them. Yeah. Okay, I'm oh, he's got oh, a flame. He's, he's got a. What are you doing? He's gonna set shit on fire, y'all. Oh, he's, 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 aromatherapy. he's aromatherapy, aromatherapy for the. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so he he gets hit in the head, mm-hmm. and. Go ahead, Jack. He's, he's found by Lenny the elf, who just happens to be wandering back there. And, and Lenny finds him and steals his wallet, because why have likable characters in this fucking movie? Right. Right. Uh, he steals his wallet. He recognizes him as being this high-profile guy, and so he starts doing The this richest guy in ten states. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this actor embarrasses his career up till now <laughs> by doing this stupid-ass dance and acts like a fucking real elf. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's from this moment. 
that for the rest of the movie, Lenny acts like a fucking Muppet. Yes. Yes. He does. He doesn't yeah. act like a human. And I get that this is a kid's movie. I get that there are cartoonish mm-hmm. performances. Yeah. Yes. I think it was the only way he could get through it. Quite honestly. I, I think liquor was the only way he could get through it. Well, that, that's probably it, it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Hulk comes to, and it's where Lenny convinces him that he is actually Santa Claus. And so Hulk Hogan buys it because, hey, I'm in the suit. Uh, right, so getting hit in the head by the thing yeah. get it sort of makes him forget who he is. And this is important because he he doesn't remember that he's Blake Thorne. He thinks he's Santa. But later, that's going to be problematic plot-wise. It's already problematic. Because he no, he forgets everything. He forgets who he is. He's forgotten all of his memories up till now. Right. But he still knows who Santa Claus is. I'm sorry. When you learn who Santa is, that is a fucking memory. Right. He, if he yeah. forgot everything, he should be borderline catatonic. Right. He shouldn't know who anybody is. So No, no. Santa is just a, a staple that every single person has a conceived notion of from birth. Unless, Gina, unless you're Jewish. You right. Yeah. Santa Claus? <laughs> I do. I do. Not even, not even. <laughs> I do. I not do. I love Santa. So he takes Hulk Hogan to to be the Santa Claus sit-in so he can get 50 bucks cash with this long montage of, again, I keep saying this every single movie we get to, these are now the worst acting children I've ever seen in a fucking movie. Except for Susan. Susan fucking crushed it. Who? She was the Asian kid. She's so, the little girl who catches the guy yeah, robbing Okay, So here's what's great about this movie, but it only happens a couple times. There are people of color in this movie, and it starts with the children. There's a black kid. There's an Asian kid. And Susan is her name, of course. <laughs> right? <laughs> but she freaking crushes it in this scene. She is the bomb. And she's, she's probably... Well, we'll talk about her later. Okay. But yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so she was great. So, but I was super excited about people of color. So, yes, the kids, there were two kids that sat on his lap and fought, and one was laughing and the other wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and that was that funny. That was unacceptable. <laughs> it was funny as fuck. No, he thought so. I didn't. I was like, are you watching this director? Oh, wait, that's probably your child. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in a movie, Daddy. Fuck you! <laughs> it's a business. It's Christmas. It's about making money. Hulk Hogan. So speaking of things that are unbelievable, uh, let's talk about this ATM machine that Lenny decides to approach because he's got all. <laughs> oh my god! Cards and right. Credit cards. Yeah. Yes. And so apparently, okay. So a couple things. I, I don't even know where to fucking begin about this thing. Well, yeah, because all of a sudden we're in the future because we don't. Need, in 1986, 1996, you didn't have ATMs that did this. A future no. where there's only one type of ATM, by the way. Right. Yeah. There's only one kind of ATM. Yes. And they talk. And they talk. They talk. And directly to you, know your name right. and everything. And the security feature is not a PIN number. It's a thumbprint scanner. Specifically. Oh, your left thumb, which we find out later. Right. Yes. But, yeah, all of a sudden we're in the future. It, it totally took me out. I'm like, what the? Yeah. This is weird. So it's because he doesn't have his thumbprints. Because yeah. I'm sorry, in this case, Lenny is a rational human being thinking, hey, I just need his basic information. Well, of course, then again, he doesn't know his PIN number. He right. Know no. his, so why he thought this would even work in the first place is beyond me. But hey, fuck it. At yeah. Least, at least well, that's why he's a terrible criminal. Meanwhile, while this is going on, these hoodlums are at the mall, and they're trying to steal the donation money to help out the orphanage that we're going to see. Children's there. Mission, where there's a sign, and children's is not grammatically correct, by the way. 
Yeah, that that pissed me off because I'm a grammar girl. So yeah, so these two hoodlums because the woman manning the children's mission booth is asleep, and An she old lady, old lady with a cat sweatshirt. First time we see her. Yep. Through the end. Through the end, she sleeps through the whole the thing. that's about to happen. She sleeps through the whole thing. Yep. So then Susan sees these two hoodlums taking this huge globe of money. This clear globe of money. Susan sees it, and then Hulk Hogan Santa goes, "What? I need to save some people. Well, I she, need to go." She yells after she, she yells says Santa. for Santa, and then yeah, he so thinks she he's knows Santa. Up to no good. She just yells Santa, and then Hulk Hogan, who is up on the Santa throne taking pictures of the kids, immediately just like, "Someone needs me." It's like and Superman like picks the kid up out of his lap with one hand and hands them to Lenny and is like, which Here, was funny. Her. Yes. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> and then walks away and then immediately starts beating the shit out of these two <laughs> kids. They're not, they're not kids. I mean, they're younger. They're like teenagers, 20s no, or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Santa? The problem is a guy in a Santa outfit. Yes. With no context, right? No, nothing. Just starts beating the shit out of two guys in the middle of a crowded mall, and everyone in the mall starts cheering on Santa. Yeah. No, Susan, the little girl, is the only person who knows what they are doing, and yet he starts beating them up. Everybody else starts cheering him on with no context whatsoever. Yeah. So true. in this kids movie, they're telling, hey guys, it's okay to bit, beat the shit out of people even if you don't know why. Violence is always the Violence answer. Violence is always the answer. Not call the cops. Right. Not, you know. Which, ne- which is weird because there are cops in this movie, but they're never called upon. They're never called upon, and when they do show up, they are complete idiots. Yeah, they're completely incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, continue, Jake. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, but you know, you're right because these guys like they, they start picking a fight with Hulk Hogan for some reason because apparently they think they could take on the guy who stands like two feet taller than they do. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. But they start getting into this fight, this elaborate fight with all the nativity sets and all the Santa workshop sets, and it gets more and more ridiculous because they're just grabbing things, mm-hmm. grabbing things all over the place. They grab like you know uh, the fence post that probably yep. is about as stable as a piece of plywood. No, mm-hmm. not even that. As, Balsa wood. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> he pulls it off like it's made out of fucking styrofoam, and it probably is. It probably was. It probably was. Then he picks up a, a fucking like little snowman thing holding hedge clippers, and apparently it's real hedge clippers they put in this motherfucker's hands because he starts <laughs> while holding the statue. It starts going clip, clip, clip. Yep. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, Santa Claus. That that doesn't work because that's fucking stupid. Oh, and then and then and then he picks up a fucking candy cane, rips it off of the fucking door next to where Santa's at. And so it's Look called, out, he's got see, a candy cane. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. And that is where I laughed. <laughs> that's it. That's the it. one time. <laughs> but lo and behold, it's fucking stupid, so it doesn't work. So right. It doesn't work, yes. Yeah, it so, doesn't work. Yeah, so Santa cleans these guys' clocks. Shocker. And so he becomes famous for beating the shit out of these poor adolescent boys. And the headline reads, Santa with muscles. And how they could see that mm-hmm. through the Santa suit is a mystery. Now, uh, and maybe they're just saying because he was very strong and beat the shit out of these people, that means he's got muscles. 
but you don't see those muscles till later. He's exiting the mall. The mall. Everyone's crying around, cheering him on. Did you guys notice that weird fucking extra, by the way, in the background? Like, he exits the building, and they're all, like, you know, like, yay, clapping. But there's this one woman who's like, you know, bitches, I got to be in a movie. Right. And so she starts doing this, like, hopping. Oh, yeah, she was oh, hopping down. up and down, yeah. It's like, okay, lady, look, I get you want to be famous. I get you want your 15 minutes of fame, but this is not the movie to get that from. Well, I know, but that's what everybody was directed to do. I mean, yes. even everybody across the board in this movie was directed to do that. So even the crowd scenes, they're yeah. like, no, get it. It's like, I just feel like Hulk Hogan just went through the crowd before they started shooting. It was like, everybody get pumped up. He like, he was pumping them up and whipping them into a frenzy. Like you see at the, you know, at the wrestling, at the wrestling matches. matches. Completely disagree. I think between <laughs> this, this bullshit with her and the kids who are fighting and smiling at the same time, I think this director was probably just doing coke in the bathroom, hoping this will pay off his mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason why he's leaving is because he finally sees a picture of the orphanage. Right. And somehow instinctively thinks, like, oh, wait, I need to go to this place. This right. is where I need to go. Lenny, you're going to take me there. And they walk out front, and the crowd is cheering him on. He goes, where's my sleigh? Yes. Because I'm Santa Claus. Where's right, my where's sleigh? my sleigh? Oh, it's in the shop getting fixed. Uh, here, we're going to ride this. Lenny's little, little scooter or whatever it is. Meanwhile, we cut back to Frost's and Dr. Snape's hideout where they've successfully broken the shoe business owner. And it's all thanks to his little cretin things, whatever the fuck. They, they shock him in the testicles and they slap him on the ass. They're circling around him doing all this stupid shit to him. And that's how they break the guy, which I can't blame him. Someone's like putting electricity to my nuts and sexually molesting my ass. <laughs> I'm going to have some problems, too. You know what? A shoe store is not worth it. Fine. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. So that's how they break people. Fucking stupid. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, Dr. Snape, the Shocker, Party City, and Heisenberg get to the <laughs> orphanage, and they try to steal the statue. So they've replaced the Christmas tree because they said, hey, this uh, $40 tree that we got down the road, that's uh, obviously you know mm. a, a major expense. Let's go ahead and just spring for an entire fucking metal statue in its place. And so these the, the fucking... Evil Scooby Gang. They like put a chain around it and start dragging it away with their ice cream truck because that's their way of sending a message. Yep. And then Hulk Hogan's like, "Not this time, brother!" And he grabs onto the chain and stops the car with his own strength. Yep. Which is an ice cream truck, everybody. Yeah, they which is an with... ice cream truck. Yes. And what the what the fuck I don't know. What kind of like a uh, getaway car is that? We have Frost, who obviously has a lot of money. He has an entire mm-hmm. compound. He's able to pay some of the world's, and I say this in air quotes, so hard, Zip, yep. top scientists. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, his, so they're driving and, around in an ice cream truck. We meet the people who attend the orphanage. Uh, the groundskeeper, the, the caretaker, who I called Scatman Crothers this entire time. Yeah, it's Garrett C. It's Morris, Garrett everybody. Morris. He's, He's great. He's one of the original not ready for primetime players from Saturday Night Live. Shows we love him. Effect. We love him. We love him. I'm Play. just saying. Played like Scatman Crothers. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And then the den mother. Yeah, we, we meet the den mother. <laughs> That's what I call it. I thought she was sweet. I thought she looked like Julie Haggerty sometimes throughout this movie. Oh, like, I don't like Julie Haggerty. Yeah. I wish. Well. Oh, I don't like uh, her. Julie Haggerty has more respect for her. Uh, for her. <laughs> don't give me that look. I'm allowed to not like Julie Haggerty. We're. Not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we meet the kids. <laughs> And we should also say that Hulk Hogan stops the truck and then they're like, we got you this time, even though they drive off without the statue. What, yeah. What the fuck? It's right. so stupid. Uh, we meet the kids and one of them's played by, I think the kid was in Star, Star Kid. I can't remember. 
Uh, we meet like this little girl who was talking in the beginning of the movie. Her name meet, is Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. And then Mila Kunis, who is like 13 in this, as we said. Sarah. 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 So wait, wait, just a second. There was, at this moment, at this moment, I'm like, are there only three kids in this orphanage? Yes. <laughs> this huge church. For now. Well, okay, right. So, well, but we there, find out. We find out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I, this is, and this is where I, I wrote this down. I'm like, are there, are there only three, there are only three kids yep. in this movie. And Elizabeth goes to get some milk and cookies for Santa. And this is where this plot device of him not knowing who he is fails yet again because he doesn't remember who he is, but he he asks about the cookies and he talks about the milk. Is it low fat? So he remembers his nutrition, but he doesn't remember who he is. So that that was like, are you wait? Okay, so there are only three kids in this orphanage, and you think you're Santa. Well, if you think you're Santa, then you fucking love milk and cookies, motherfucker, and you eat and drink all of it. Again. There's no question. O'Connell's disease. Okay, right. Okay, Where so he then. remembers everything convenient to the plot. Yeah. Exactly. Only as much. Yeah. So then, then dinner. Dinner scene. Where. Okay. We got to talk about the, uh, the sound in this scene, <laughs> the effects used. Do we have to? So we open on laughter. Specifically, a shrieky laugh from Mila Kunis with a mix of the other kids. Yeah, it's weird. They, it gets weirder. Yeah. <laughs> because they use this exact clip at least, at least four random times throughout that dinner. The exact same clip. And because like, for Mila Kunis, her voice is so distinct, you can recognize it every single time. And it's even used at points where it doesn't make fucking sense. This, this is unacceptable. <laughs> You know what? Here's a clip of it. <laughs> and the guy said, and this guy's got a nose the size of a donut. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 I'm talking Jelly Filled here. <laughs> so Santa decides to give a boat an aerial tour of the North Pole. <laughs> Santa, you take any one of those empty rooms, okay? I think it's time that I put the kids to bed. Good night. Good night. Thanks for dinner. (laughs) So, yeah. So, there is a point where they start off with the sound effect. And even when they're getting up to leave, when there's no reason for them to even be laughing whatsoever, they exit with that laughter sound effect. And you can clearly tell no one's laughing. No one's laughing. Yeah. Their mouths are closed. It's Mm -hmm. fucking stupid. The kids invite yeah. Santa yes. to stay right. at their orphanage to keep them safe from the bad people, and he right. agrees to stay. That's what this accomplishes. It oh, also but, accomplishes. But during, but during the during the conversation at dinner is when we find out the question is answered they've, about the three They've placed children. all the other kids in homes, and yes. Taylor even says, yeah, we're the leftovers. We're the leftovers. So these were the only three kids left, left. But, that have not found homes. But we didn't get – it sounded as if they had placed the other kids – temporarily it wasn't it didn't make it sound like they had actually found homes right there was a question there Mm. so yeah so but yes so taylor has some deep-seated anger about being an orphan and being left alone with these other two kids who are everybody's perfectly fine the kids are great no no they're fine the kids are great 
So, yeah. yeah. So then, so then, yes. So then there's they, no discernible reason why you wouldn't choose one. Of them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with these kids. Right. So, um, yeah. It's just like a, a cider house rules situation where all the kids are perfect. And you have no idea why, except for the reason that the plot needs to hire cute kids for the same right. There you go. Yeah. Right. So we cut to a yuck yuck scene where we have Hulk Hogan and Lenny in pajamas. Which Jeez. okay, so he's dressed as a monk, okay. uh, or Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, or Jedi. I actually broke that down. Right, and then and then Lenny is in a freaking sheep's costume, and he's making fun of the Hulk. That's the Why joke. The? It's irony because his costume looks stupider. Don't you get it? Is he it doesn't funny, e- Adina? He doesn't even know <laughs> what costume it is. He's like, right, he doesn't rabbit? know. Am I, uh... <laughs> That's a joke, Adina. You're it's crazy. a really funny You're joke. Crazy. It's a good time. Don't, don't try to think any further. Bad touch. It's all a fun, fun joke, Adina. It's all a fun Get off me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not taking pictures of this? Jack just approached me creepily, just so you all know. It was also at this point, first of all, so they've asked them to stay. Does Lenny not have a place to stay? By the way, I mean, why does Lenny just stay? He, he wants to right? stay with Santa because he's he staying with Santa, Santa to, to just him, to, yeah. Okay. All right. But then I thought, okay, so if Blake Thorne is this super rich, famous guy, and he's been in the paper, okay, no, yes, he had his Santa stuff on, but doesn't he have people looking for him? Right? Yeah. Wouldn't his people be looking That's, for him? Yeah, his butler. Yeah, especially Chaz, his butler. Mm, so, yeah, so this is when I'm like, um... He should, because his friends probably would have been like, okay, look, he didn't show back up. He's either arrested or he's in hiding. We should probably look at, like, check out the jail. See if he, like, right. he's looking for bail. Well there's, an even, well, there's an even bigger plot contrivance about this very issue, which we don't find out until the end of the movie. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. 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 About yes, but this to me this I, this made no sense that all of a sudden this guy could freaking disappear, mm-hmm. and nobody would be looking for him. Santa uh, is going to bed now, and he looks over at this Santa lamp that's staring stupidly back at him, and we hear like the little Elizabeth's voice echoing through it. And how the fuck did it do that? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Next morning. Headlines say the movie's title, Santa with Muscles. Yes. Santa has forgotten his beard, and they explain that away because, hey, Hulk Hogan is high profile. we got to have his face fully exposed. Insert Judge Dredd reference here. Uh, we have an awkward serial gag. Oh, my God. Could you be more forced in your fucking comedy? Oh, no, I don't think it's, so. It's, they're at the table, and they're eating... Uh, Blake Thorne cereal. Yeah, Blake Thorne cereal with his face on it, and Lenny's like, oh, shit, it's him. On this weirdly double-sided cereal box. Remember those? I don't. Uh, <laughs> and so it's a long, like, one-minute joke of him just, like, slowly crumpling up the thing under his arm to hide it. And he's like, Well, know. dumping all the cereal out of the box onto, onto his, his own, own plate, plate of food and then crushing the box. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, people just stare at him. And that's and another we, thing is that for all the weird shit that Lenny does throughout this entire scene... People just look at him funny and then are like, okay. Yeah, like the weird they slow just, motion shot. Yeah. That thing that goes on for an hour. Which one? The, the slow motion shot of, is he drinking? What is he? I can't even remember uh, what it uh, was. The glass. Yeah. The because no. because it, Lenny sees, oh, I could get his thumbprint. 
as he's oh, yeah, drinking he's the, get the thumbprint for the ATM off the glass. Right. Of milk. And holy shit, it took it, so it's long. Like we need to make sure everyone is in on what we're going for here. Oh my god, it was what, terrible. Do you see what he sees? Do you see what he sees? Yeah. You know this is a movie made like <laughs> nice. targeted for children story. first. Yeah. With a lower level of intelligence. But they would have gotten it within the first five seconds. Kids don't know what a fucking ATM machine is. They should, right. They don't need to know. So this is just for us, the adults. Me yeah. And they're just like, hey, look at the big funny fat man who is uh, in, in his elf costume being, acting like a Muppet. Bouncing around like a three-year-old right. on a sugar high. Exactly. Yeah. Dumb. There's no purpose to it. <sighs> so then we get their uh, costumes back. Uh, well. So, and this is, this is one of the moments I loved about this movie. Okay, so Sarah... Is a budding fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Um, are you gonna? Are you... I, I want to hear this explanation. Oh, okay. He's gonna come sit down. So she has made some alterations to Santa's costume, so we can see his muscles, and she's made him more continental. That's what she says. Okay. So, but here's the thing. Where did she learn to do it? This is what's great. Mega Man comics. Sarah is a nerd, and it is awesome. <laughs> you can't see Jack's face here. Right. Yeah. Uh, you will. Jack Allison, it came from the bottom. Um, okay, I'm okay with calling bullshit. Uh, but the fact that she read comic books, that was super sweet, and she was a girl. So did you read Jack. comic books growing up? No. Okay, I did. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't did, matter. Did you, did you read comic books growing up? <laughs> Man, did you read comic books growing up? Yes, I read comic books. Cool. So, did, um, do you remember the, uh, that really, really excellent issue, issue. of uh, Superman where uh-huh. uh, Lois Lane teaches him how to sew? So, like, he finishes fighting Lex Luthor. He's like, man, my costume is just torn to shreds. Lois, can you teach me how to, like, piece this back together? Actually, better, can you give me, like, a good sleeveless design for my costume? That'd be great. And they spend the entire rest of the issue talking about right. how to do that. Right. Um, do you remember that one? No. I don't fucking either! <laughs> I love that we come at this from two different perspectives. This is excellent. Oh my god, we got to post that. So, but here's the thing, D- Jack. On a basic level, as a girl, okay, from a girl's point of view, this was kind of awesome. Okay, that she read comic books, whether or not it was accurate. Okay, which I can't speak to. But as a girl watching this movie, if there was a girl watching this movie, <laughs> she'd be like comic books. Okay. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm not. But that's just called character development. Like, get put that in another point. That's like me saying, "Hey, I play football, so I know how to build a coffee table." No. <laughs> she was inspired by Mega Man. Mega Man didn't teach her how to I sew. Even wear fucking clothes. <laughs> He's a naked blue metal robot boy. How the f- no one in Mega Man wears clothes except for Doctor Light and Doctor Wily. And you know what they wear? Lapcoats! <laughs> you lose! Good, Good day, 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 sir! sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> like, I, I, you know, I'm all with you. I'm like, let her be a nerd. Let her be this awesome character. She <sighs> is a good character compared to everyone else yes. in the movie. Yes, she yeah. is. But my god! <laughs> I gotcha. I hear you. But for somebody who doesn't know... For me, and this and this is the never-ending story argument right here, because you know the source material, yes. right? Okay, yes. so for somebody who doesn't know the source material, I'm coming at it from a different point of view. So I totally get it. 
it's fucked up. <laughs> I get that it's fucked up. It's because Falcor taught me how to crochet. <laughs> Falcor would totally know how to crochet. He probably, <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tweet that. <laughs> okay, so they look like good strong hands. Yes, they do. Before my blood pressure goes yeah, up. Too damn. High, moving yeah. Along. <laughs> so, Frost confronts Lenny oh in the van. Well, let me rephrase that. Frost's goons confront him in the van with Frost's convenient television the, set. The, the ice cream truck. Yes, the ice cream truck. The yes. ice cream truck. They want, him, they want Hulk Hogan out of the picture because he, he's obviously posing a threat. Okay, cool. So we cut to a, the next scene where Lenny's saying, Hey, Hulk Hogan, you, we're done here, right? Let's get on the, our scooter and run away together. Yeah, they don't need us here anymore. Our job is done. Let's go somewhere yes, else. Yes, right. And then, uh, now, this was the scene where they confronted Lenny in the ice cream truck. Yeah. All right. Yes. The ice, it's an ice cream truck, so it's playing a jingle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What jingle is this ice cream truck playing? I couldn't place it. The thong song. You couldn't place I it? I couldn't place it. The thong <laughs> song. <laughs> no. It is the theme song to Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh, right, yes, okay. Now, I had to try to figure, I once it hit me, and I'm like, wait a minute. I rewound it, listened to it again, rewound it, listened to it again, placed it, and then kept that in mind. Because I'm like, that seems like an odd song for an ice cream truck. Right. And then I thought, well, maybe it's because these are the evil henchmen, so it's playing, you know, a mysterious evil song kind of thing. But I'm like, but it's Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? And then I waited during the end credits of this movie just to make sure I was right. <gasps> Guess what? There is no credited music in the credits of this film. It's true. There isn't any. There are no. They yeah. used the theme song from Alfred Hitchcock Presents and did not credit the person who actually wrote it. Now, I don't know <laughs> if maybe it's out of copyright or something, and that's how they were able to get it. Because, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock Pre- Presents was like 40 years before this movie was made. Yeah, it might have been public domain by then. It may be. But I don't still, know. credit but the still, goddamn thing. Yeah. They don't. They do not credit any music in this oh, movie yeah. at why, all. Why of all things that? Why not just use like a standard ice cream song, like you know, Happy well, Birthday? Right. Or it's a small. Well, well, maybe that's not copyright, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Something where it's because like the idea of these weird douchebags like coming like ah we're stealing your statue and then they write right away in the most anti-evil music ever. Right. Is yeah. Yeah. Why not funny? just use like a classical but like. I don't know, Ride of the Valkyries or something. Night on Bald Mountain or something right. that's Barana. recognizable but still has that connotation of, oh, that's evil, that's creepy, something bad's happening, you know, yeah. that we don't have to worry about it at all. But hear Alfred nice Hitchcock cream. Presents? I no nice kids are going to get that at all. Mountain. Yes, that would be awesome. Hulk Hogan decides, you know what, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to stick around some more. When he hears the little girl Elizabeth singing in the church... And my God, she's terrible. Um, <laughs> she's singing Angel Baby, and it just sucks. And my question here also is, why aren't they still using it at a, as a church? It's beautiful in there, and it's huge. And it's got magic fucking windows, too. That's right, magic fucking windows. Well, yeah. And, and so that, that was another thing. I'm like, this place is ginormous, and why aren't they still using it as a church? 
Anyway, and so it's yeah. Here, it's here that she says, like, you know, because he's talking to her. She's like, I don't know my parents. He's like, I don't know my parents either, brother. <laughs> and yeah. then she says, I used to think that when the lights lit up, it meant that my mom was a snake. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't think that's what she said. <laughs> but I like it, so let's keep it. <laughs> that's what I heard. Okay. 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 Auto, let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> uh, there you go. So she then summons the power of darkness with her sweet high note and makes this window, <laughs> like this dark demonic purple shade appear in the windows. It's true. And that seems yeah, scene. it's supposed to light up like magical fairies. It's not. It it's looks not like at oh all. shit. It yeah, <laughs> looks like something terrible is about to happen. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Santa, with our combined powers, we can take on. It's it's yeah. It it it's looks bad. demonic more than angelic. That night. The statue head is thrown through the window while they're all talking. Uh, it's Frost's goons again. Yep. Right? Again, threatening them, saying, you know, X amount of days till Christmas. Hey, that's where I first wrote down. Where's Clint Howard during all this? Right. Exactly. Why haven't they called the police after this? Right. Or, or just, you know, if you hear it, with all the shit that they do in this movie, it's not confined to just that area. Like, if they're, like, driving off high speed down the, down the street and, like, have to be stopped by Hulk Hogan with, you know, holding on to the chain... That's going to attract attention beyond yes, the orphanage. Yes, that's exactly yeah, right. So that's that's that when I was like, well, why there are never any police around? Yeah, this is. I mean, this is serious stuff. When the statue gets taken away, and when it, the head gets thrown through the window, I mean, that's no, that's absolutely. like that's like horse head in the bed kind of it, shit. It is. I mean the the only the only possible explanation that could have been given is that Frost has the police department in his pocket as right. well. But that connection is never made it's either. Never so it's not Mm-mm. so, I mean, that's well, just no. a wild leap. There's a line later on in the movie that says, that implies quite the opposite. Yeah. That they were just a wanted gang of criminals that the police never thought to, hey, let's actually go to Frost's house and take care of well, this. Well, and I guess, I guess the, now what is, could be inferred is that we already have seen on the map in Frost's evil lair or whatever yep. that the entire area around the church he already owns. Or, or, uh, the orphanage is okay. the only thing in that entire area that he still needs to possess. So then nobody would be so around to call the police. Okay. Here. That, All that, right. But like I said, that's not explicitly stated. That's just sort of a jump yep. in. But I think that's that the plausible conclusion. So backtracking, statue through the head of the window. Hulk Hogan goes outside to kick some more ass. And actually, funny enough, uh, Dr. Snape, like, like, roundhouse kicks him and, like, mm-hmm. hits him with, like, a chain and shit. Guy like can that. fight. And then, well, then he gets his ass handed back to him by Hulk yep. Hogan, and they drive off. But we get from this, again, as we said, violence is always the answer. Violence is always the always. answer. Always. And Taylor, being perceptive of this, disappears. The Hulk... The Hulk, sorry. <laughs> I called Hulk him the Hulk earlier. Yeah, his Walkman lying on the grass from inside the orphanage, so he's yes. got fantastic vision, apparently. And so Taylor he, decides he's going to be like Hulk Hogan, yes. and he's going to go kick some ass on his own. Yes. Right. So he goes to Frost's lair. And for some reason, Hulk Hogan just happens to know that. He's like, I know where he is, brother. But how did he get there? How did, right. how did Taylor get there? Because Hulk and Lenny drove on the little moped thing to get yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. So how, like, this guy covers more ground than R2 fucking D2. <laughs> I don't know how he's able to do this. I don't know. So they can't, so he's somehow the man, I can only assume it's next door, but why they even got in the scooter in the first place. Right. Fuck it. This movie works on its own logic. There you go. All right. So... Uh, Taylor disappears. They learn that 
there are catacombs under the church complete with a vault. Yes. That's what all this builds up to because they learned that, that Frost yep. has a plan that involves something under the orphanage as well as the other neighboring areas of right. the town. Okay. So they, the kids take him to the vault. Right. And they, the catacombs are where the kids have their clubhouse. The orphans have their clubhouse in the catacombs, y'all. They're dirty, scary, creepy. Okay? And then there's just this huge vault door. Yeah. And the kids just so happen to know the first three they numbers. figured out the first three numbers of the How combination to the, the vault door. How the fuck? How? With no explanation whatsoever. How because would you how know? How would they know that that's the... If they don't know the entire combination and it doesn't work, how do they know that those three numbers are correct? Ding. I, mean, I would argue that they could hear the latches, but when they turn it, you hear the same sound effect each time. Exactly. Each time. Yeah, there's no way so to there's know no way to know. Yeah. There's no way to know. They've never opened it before, so there's no way they could possibly know the correct sequence. Yeah. But somehow, luckily because of plot convenience... Hulk does know the other combination. Well, and here's the only reason why I think I know why he knows it, but they never explain it. Because the first three numbers are 8, 24, 16. So then the logical thing would be 48 for the next number, right? right. First of all, there's, there aren't any numbers on this dial Okay, that I could see. Could you see any numbers on this thing? No, there were like notches and, and sort of like a clockwork pattern. And that symbols was of some sort, okay? But no so, actual numbers. Yeah, so for some reason, uh, Blake Thorne knows the combination and they open the vault. And as they go down into this vault, I, I said, was someone just flashing flashlights at them as they went in? Did it not look like that? That they somebody was just well, it was like <laughs> someone was shining a flashlight and another person was standing in front of it waving their hand yeah, wildly. That's what it looked like as they were going down into the vault. And somebody else was on the fog machine. Yes. And what was in this vault? You may be asking yourselves. <laughs> I know I certainly was. I was. <laughs> I've seen the movie and I still want to know. Yep. <laughs> Crystals. Yeah, crystals. Lots of, lots of little crystals. And and Sarah, Mila Kunis's character, knew exactly what they were because she's a nerd. Yay, no, science! Read, no, fuck it. Because she read, oh, why, from reading Megaman? I, she didn't say that. I'm guessing that she just knew because she read a lot. She said she read it in a, uh, like a chemistry book. That's right. Yeah, so she, science. To science. On this, but why couldn't it have, have been her reasoning for knowing how to sew? Because but she just knows a lot of stuff. She's a nerd. So we love that. She's smart. Yeah. We love it. She's a book nerd. Yes. That's fine. So she explains that these are electric-powered quartz crystals, and because of this made-up bullshit science, <laughs> they're worth millions. Yes, and that's what Frost is going for. Yeah. That's what he wants. It's also established here that they are explosive when dropped because... Taylor's holding one. Yeah. He's and holding one. They're like, put it down. Put it down. Like, he literally just drops it. Yeah. Stupid And it explodes. <laughs> Yeah. They have to tell him twice to put it down, though. So he's mm-hmm. a li- kind of a little shit. I'm just like, <laughs> that kind of like a foreshadowing. <laughs> it's here when they leave the vault. The kids go away. Lenny tells, Lenny confirms to Hulk that he is actually not Santa. And he gives him his camo. Yeah, how does gear. his camo clothes get down there? Yeah, he gives him his camo gear back. Yeah. How did they, how did How'd they get down? down there? No idea. What the? They're just sitting they're there just on a rock. Right, they're just random there. The oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah. Also, somehow at this point, suddenly Lenny is nice. So somehow Lenny's had a change of heart. And also, then he gets on the phone. Nothing changes a guy's character like some crystals. 
<laughs> but then he gets on the phone with Frost, and my first thought was, how does he have signal down there? <laughs> That's a really good point. How does, right? Excellent question. Dr. Snape breaks in again and then briefly forgets his, his own accent <laughs> and, and leads Santa on a chase through the orphanage up to the bell tower. Speaking of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, was anybody else getting some Vertigo vibes? Yeah, a sure little bit. Yep. But look out. He's got a candy cane because he has one up there. And so he tries to duke it out with him. Again, he's starting to get his ass handed to him. And just before, uh, you know, just as Hulk Hogan's about to deliver the killing blows, just curb stopping that little sweaty bitch, um, <laughs> Robo Santa decides, fuck you, Santa. I'm on my own now. There can only be one. And just swoops him out and pushes him for yeah. no reason. Yeah, it's- there's no way that this robot Santa is strong enough to pull Hulk Hogan. Nope. But there's also no reason because it's facing out. It's facing mm-hmm. out from one open side of the and, and it has never turned. It has never turned. Hasn't even moved up till now. I mean, they did it earlier in the movie, but it was yeah. just staying still. Then it just does a full ninety degree turn back with its hooked arm and then hooks Hulk Hogan, then pushes him out and pulls yep. him all the way up to the front and off the side of the tower. This yep. is the and true he... villain of the film. The, the Santa. Santa Claus. <laughs> He's like, this motherfucker is throwing my thunder. <laughs> you know what? I bet Santa Claus is just a WCW fan. That's what the no, secret is. No, that's what it is. That is. That's yeah. it, well, because it's already been established in our previous Santa Claus movie that the robot Santa is actually just a manifestation of the real Santa. Right. So real Santa just was tired of Hulk Hogan's bullshit. That's yeah. it. So that's, that's what, what it was. was. Yeah, and like, he yeah, throws him, throws him and right he, he flies into a dump truck where he hits his head. On a bunch of really soft bags of trash, y'all. Yeah. So Looks that up, didn't make any a, sense. A bottle of his protein mix and says the picture's still not big enough, and then passes passes out. out. So then we're supposed to infer, yes, that by he's hitting his head on a soft garbage bag. Yep. And, yeah. 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 Moving on. <laughs> Hulk is back at his mansion where he's awakened by his butler, still in the Santa costume. And he calls the orphanage to make sure they're okay. Okay, so but before just just for a second, so he's he's back as Thorn, but he's kept all his memories. Okay, and Chad he asks him, "Where have I been? What has happened?" And Chad says, "Well, I was hoping you'd tell me." So mm-hmm. this whole time, his people haven't done a goddamn thing to find out where he is. Right. Right. So yeah. So then he's he's back. He's he's still in the Santa costume. So he now. He he remembers who he is, mm-hmm. but he doesn't go full evil. No, he keeps his nice stuff. Him. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right. He calls the orphanage, though, in response to this because he now has a conscience. And Leslie picks up the phone, and she's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Fuck off. Go away. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is weird. We cut to the orphanage where we see... Yeah, we see all the goons around a telephone box they've apparently hacked into, and they're playing recordings of Leslie into the phone for Hulk. Where did they get those right. recordings? Yeah. How did this happen? When, when did they record Leslie and then piece together this conversation because they knew he was going to call? It's never been anything that she said. It's never been anything that's in her right. character to say. Nope. She's been yeah. dismissive of them, but she's been assertive and just not snippy about it like she no. was on the phone. No, she's been beautiful and yeah, loving again, and warm. It's, it's another one of those leaps of logic where we have to jump to the conclusion that 
he must have recorded conversations that he has had when he called her trying to get the orphanage. Right. Because we never see it. Right. We've never seen that. We've never seen any conversation between uh, her and Frost. Right. So I have no idea how the they only, got The only indication that we get that Frost has had any sort of communication with Leslie is through Blight. And Blight right. seems to have some sort of crush on well, he keeps Leslie. He's showing up in person. He's, we've never yes. seen him call her. Exactly. So that's the only indication that Leslie knows um, what's up right. with these guys. That's it. But there's never any indication that they've ever recorded anything right. ever. Okay, can we talk about the next scene with the kids? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why, certainly. So the kids are now sitting around the orphanage. They're sad because they think that Santa's left. Santa's abandoned them. He has no reason to want to help them out anymore. Because it's Christmas. But wait. <laughs> but re- wait, there's more. Let's, let's <laughs> rewind a little bit on this scene. Mm-hmm. So the last fucking time these kids saw this guy... He was defending them from a crazy scientist who had broken into their home to cause more shit. The last time they saw him was him running out to chase Dr. Snape up to the bell tower where anything could have happened. They don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. So this is the last time they saw him. And then he doesn't show back up and they're like, oh, no, he must have abandoned us. No! (laughs) Something happened to him, you dumb fucks! I mean, come on! I mean, and plus, let's talk about Dr. Snape for a second. So, Dr. Snape, he's at the top of the bell tower, and he's like, oh, oh the best day ever. And so he comes back down the watch, the, the, all along the watchtower. No, he comes back down to the bell tower, and this entire time, he's like, okay, well, let me just stroll on out here, kids. Don't mind me. I took, uh, don't even worry about him. He's... He, he's gone. And he just leaves. And the kids are like, well, okay, I guess it's all done. No! <laughs> Pay attention! Mila Kunis, you read books. You're smart. You read Mega Man and get your shit from, but that's neither here nor there. She, you're, you're more intelligent than this. You've been the only fucking intelligent characters this entire movie. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Where are you getting this? And then, uh, they're sad. They no longer believe in Santa Claus because of all this bullshit. Uh, oh what else? Mm. This is this is Dragon Ball level. Yeah. <laughs> Large contrivance. Okay, so then we cut to Lenny and what I call the room of sadness and product placement because it's him moping over a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich made himself, mm-hmm. and, and facing directly towards the camera is Jif, is Folgers, is Minute Maid, checks. Yep. Fucking checks. <laughs> And all we get from this is just more moral dilemma. Let's have this guy become a good guy again. Whatever. The fuck? Just, yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to add to this before I go into the next scene? No, no. I'm excited about what's happening here. So you just go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. You guys. We should have taped this whole episode for you to see. Yeah. We should post it. Where's he going? What's he doing? Oh, he's, he's getting liquor, y'all. Oh, this, oh yeah, seriously, this is Dragon Ball up. level. Moonshot. Oh my god! Holy shit! No, Whew. no, mm. no! <laughs> oh, Lord. Damn. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's gonna save it, but he's got it poured. He's gonna let it breathe, y'all. There you go. Okay. Next scene. Enter the shocker. <laughs> she. Oh yeah, yeah. Enter, and by enter, I mean. She knows how to make an entrance because with her crazy electric convenience gloves, she blows open the door to the fucking orphanage. 
Meanwhile, Walter White enters in behind her, gasses the fuck out of everybody, ends her fucking party city in his stupid ass explorer <laughs> outfit, and then followed by, oh look, it's Frost the bad guy in his biohazard suit. Da, 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 da. So, this is where I just wrote it down more than ever. Where are the police? Right. There is... There, this is terror. This is terrorism. Yeah. Yes. This is what you're looking for, Clint Howard. Where are you? <laughs> R54! Where are you? Where's, where's, the, where's the police? Where's the National yeah, Guard? Yeah, seriously. Where's the fucking Avengers? I don't fucking know. <laughs> what, what is happening through all this? How come this is just limited to this small fucking town atmosphere? What is happening? Yeah. Is no one paying attention? Why don't they want to help the kids? <laughs> It's yep. true. What and Lenny. Is this? Yeah, there is no reality. <laughs> Drink your moonshine. So Frost wants into the mine. <laughs> and uh, he forces the kids to mine it. He's like, you know what? Hey, take me to the vault. You're going to, um, you're going to start excavating this mine for me. We're going to break into this ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get in. And, um, and the kids are going to be a slave labor. They're fine with this, apparently. And uh, he stops Leslie. Leslie says, you know, you son of a... And he stops her. He says, no, no, please, not in front of the children. Mm Mm-hmm. You have traumatized these kids! (laughs) You've blown the shit out of their home. You've come in. You've gassed them. Who knows what lingering effects that's going to have. You have traumatized these children. They they shit their pants. They're they're probably... Mila Kunis probably shit her pants. I just shit my pants! (laughs) Like, what the fuck?! Like, and you have a problem with saying bitch in a children's PG-ass <laughs> movie. Like, God. Because, as we know, violence is the answer, not Right, swearing. not swearing. Violence, Jack. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> And then Lenny, I guess, trying to grow a sack at this point, he gets the shocker, literally and figuratively. Then while well, Party City starts raping the door with his weird-ass drill, and by that I mean, like, he just jams his drill in there and he's just going... Because they can't get the because yeah. qu- they can't get it open because the kids don't know the, the combination. Kids don't know the, the so rest of the combination. he's just di- you know he's just drilling the door. And, and so Lenny yep. warns Hulk. <laughs> he calls him and says, "Hey, that whole thing on the phone was bullshit. Come help us out." And they catch him in the act, and so they throw him. They catch Lenny, warning Hulk, and instead of I don't know, um, taking this guy hostage, and holding him, whatever, mm-hmm. they just throw him out into the street. Yep. And, yep. I mean, you know, he could always get the police or something. Oh, wait! No, no. <laughs> no, why would he do that? <sighs> so Santa, and this is where it started to kind of like, okay, you know, I'll, I'm going to take a pause. This is where the movie started to kind of gain some points for me because Santa is like, all right, all right, brother, we're going to get this uh, on the road. And so he decides to assemble his house staff to raid the orphanage, which is kind of a cool idea. Right. Until it happens. Yeah. And then on their way, we get we revisit the first police scene where Clint Howard now is practicing dressing down somebody that he would, you know, hypothetically pull over. So then we get the the reenactment of the speeding and everything. And so now Clint Howard has got all these police guys chasing after Hulk Hogan and everything. And they come to a standoff in the middle of the road. They are blocked. The Humvee is blocked, and there's a missile launcher. 
So one of the police guys just launches this missile and the Humvee just ducks it. They just avoid the missile and it hits Clint Howard's car and blows it up. At which point I wrote, nice explosion. Because mm-hmm. I like explosions. Except. Except. <laughs> Clint Howard should be dead. Right. Should be. But he this is be. a cartoon. No, 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 no. Uh, by, by the movie's logic, <laughs> he should be dead. Because this is a world where you can fall from a several, like a two, three story high bell tower into a garbage truck. Yes. And then land with your head on a soft garbage bag with enough force to give you or unconcuss you, if you will. Right. Yeah. So by that logic, he should be fucking dead. <laughs> but he's not. He's not. He's, covered he's in just smoke. Just like you know, in the cartoons where you're covered in smoke and there's a little flame of wily coyote. Yeah. He's the, yeah, right. He's the yeah. wily coyote. Yes. Yep. So they break into Frost's hideaway. And the kids are being held hostage by a guy I called, uh, lovingly so, awkward mustache. <laughs> Zip, what happens next? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, my notes ran out 30 minutes ago. Yeah, he so, stopped writing. Okay, okay. We'll he I stopped writing. I completely glazed over at this point, just yep. like, is this movie going to stop? So it then turns We're almost done. a video game, because the kids then go after Walter White. So they, they take his own gas, and they gas him with it. And then they knock him into like a nativity scene where there's like a bunch of farm animals, far, excuse me, farm animals and shit, and literally and shit, yeah, <laughs> grazing around. And he just sits there, and they're like, oh, "Okay, well, I guess he's dispatched." So they get to the next boss, the next sub boss, Hulk versus the Shocker. So he's fighting this one goon of hers. He dismantles him with like a kick on. He kicks, he kicks one of the pews. One of the he kicks one side of the pew, and the other side flies up and knocks the guy out. That's right, the Fu Manchu guy. And yeah. then she suddenly. And this is what got, it kind of pissed me off because it's like this has been a she, for for all intents and purposes, this has been established as being the muscle of the three. Yeah, she's the most badass. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she, suddenly she's like, oh. Um, I don't come. You wouldn't hit a woman. Oh, you wouldn't would hit you? a lady, would you? Yeah. Like, oh my you god. Have the most like you have the probably the, the most effective yes weapon of she's, everyone. she's the most dangerous like, yeah. All he has yeah. to do is catch his fist in midair and he's, and he's, he's dead done. yeah but then um, Lenny yeah then Lenny from above he just pours a bucket of water on her and she just short circuits like John Coffee in the Green Mile and then she's oh. like <laughs> Damn. again that's like that's harsh. Yeah, I that's know. Hard. That's I know. hard. They poured a bucket of water <laughs> on a woman with electric hands. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like Clint Howard, she should be fucking dead. It's true. She should but be. Instead, she bounces around like a fucking pinball and then and ends up on a pew. Yeah. 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 She she couldn't take it back. No. <laughs> Scatman Crothers, they run into him, and I'm sorry, I'm calling him that. <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. Oh, Garrett Morris. Get Garrett Morris. Yeah. 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 Garrett Morris. Tells the Hulk that he grew up in the orphanage. So, like, amidst all yeah, this turmoil. Because there was yeah. a line earlier that he said, his name is Clayton in the movie, and he said, um, he, he, in, he sort of hints at that he knows who Blake Thorne is. Yeah, about halfway through, he mentioned something. He was like, good to see you finally made something of yourself. Exactly. Or something yes. like that. No, and that's it's right. Not explained. It's not explained. It's not explained. Yeah. But that right there tells you, wait a minute. 
There's more Aaron to this. Morse's character knows, knows who he is. Blake Thorne. So, so yeah, this is what this is what we were talking about way back at the beginning. Is like the whole theory of no one recognizes him is blown because Garrett Morris knows who he is the entire movie and never says anything. Right, and then we find out during this scene that not only does Clayton know Blake, but Blake and Doctor Frost. Grew up in the orphanage. They're both from the orphanage. Together. Together. Best friends. Best friends. And neither of them actually remember this. Yeah. And that, and then, so that, for me, that was it. I'm like, really? No, 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 no. How is this, how is this a thing? two, Two guys who were best friends grew up together in an orphanage and both made themselves millionaires. Mm-hmm. Granted, good or evil or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would think they would remember the reason why. Yeah. It's because they grew up in a fucking orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. they were going to make something of themselves, and they did. You would think they would remember that. Yeah. This entire scene, I just wrote down in my notes the movie is now Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what this has turned into. There you go. Oh. So that's what, and again, again, it's all this turmoil. And. He's just like, come here, sit down. I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Just have a seat. Have a seat right there. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Right. Stakes. Shit's going down. All yeah, hell's breaking loose. Shit's going down. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's and it's time, time for it to. It's a, yeah. You've had it's a long, story. Time. Had a long deal. Let's just sit down. And yeah. Quick break. It's going to be fine. Do you want some graham crackers? Yeah. Be great. <laughs> have a good time. It's going to be a happy day. Mm-hmm. So then back to the action. So and by the way, did you notice the thing with Frost's name? So his name is Frost. Ebner. So very Christmassy. Yeah. Yeah. But he calls Frost. him Ebby. Yeah, so Ebenezer. Which, yeah. 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 Well, there's a whole Scrooge I'm theme. Clever. Yeah, there's a whole Scrooge <laughs> theme in this because, you know, Hulk Hogan's character is a douche and then he realizes the spirit of Christmas, which is one of my lines here that that, you know, we that I'm going to talk about later. But yeah, there you know, uh, Blake Thorne sort of has, you know, a, he comes around to be a good guy. Eb, Eb, Frost never does. But yeah, there's a whole Scrooge thing going on and you know orphanage so mm-hmm. wow it took three steps to get ebenezer to the light it took right. three goons the shocker party, party city, city and walter white <laughs> to bring hulk back over I'm so wait I'm so is lenny ass. marley well then lenny's got to be marley yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's marley. nice he's stupid. isn't that his marley? name marley sorry marley marley yeah. sorry Edit that. So, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll cut that part out. Just, just, just like really deadpan to say, Marley. Marley. <laughs> so Hulk confronts Frost. They're into the vault, and it turns into basically a sword fight. It turns into a crystal fight. It's like, really, you've established these things as breaking on impact pretty easily. So this is basically them trying to fight with LED light bulbs. Right. It's mm-hmm. the stupidest fucking shit. Yep. And, of course, it's a bottomless fucking pit because, of course. And, of course, there's an explosion sequence because they're hitting all these crystals at the same time, starting right. a chain reaction. Like, oh, no, the place is going to blow up. So they all get the fuck out of there. And then they watch the place crumble, which run me a lot of uh, poltergeist. poltergeist. Yes. I yeah. wrote it down. Yeah, I'm like, is it a poltergeist church? Because it doesn't it explode. It, yeah, it did. It had all there's these like, lightning flashes from the inside. There's an explosion like it goes up through the roof. Yes. And then the walls crumble in, in on themselves. Yeah. So I was like, is this a poltergeist church? And meanwhile, they have gotten to the safety distance of, of 
ground zero yeah. <laughs> because they are literally standing like right off the edge of the sidewalk in the road. Yeah. No more than, what, 20 feet from yeah. the explosion? something yeah. like that. And yeah. we should establish here that the entire city, the entire, the entire reason that Frost is wanting to take this property is because it's part of a network of different properties that have this mine underneath of it. So if these were all set off, should the entire town be going up and fucking the smoke whole, at this the whole the, block the whole block exploded. But no, but no, because we've, because we've, reasons. Because oh yeah. look, there's a hole in the plot. <laughs> because <laughs> you know we got twenty thousand in the budget. So <laughs> then here's where I get angry. I'm gonna again. You mean you get ang- angry? Retain it <laughs> because Clint Howard, according to the newscaster, gets credit for apprehending. The Frost Gang. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I and he arrives in his burnt-out car. By the way, hmm? he arrives in his burnt-out car that shouldn't be able. You shouldn't be able to drive it. So the kids are like, "Oh no, our home's fucking gone." What Where are we, gonna, are we gonna live? They turn it. Yeah. They so turn Hulk it into turns, Annie. Mm, the Hulk <laughs> steals a bunch of other children. Oh my and god! And then takes them yes. into his mansion, where they can play all day, and he can play with them alike. And who's mowing the lawn? Garrett Morris is mowing the lawn, fuckers. I wrote that down. Oh, so the black man is mowing the oh, lawn. It's, uh, yeah. But it's it's uh, Frost Mansion. Yeah. Oh, it's not it? Holt's Mansion. No, you didn't pick up on that? No. No, that's what they, no, they moved the orphanage into Frost's Mansion. That's <gasps> That's actually kind of genius. Well, because he's not using it anymore. No. I didn't get that at all. No, they, oh, they, moved the orphan, they moved the kids into Frost's Sweet. Mansion. Okay, at even better. That, yeah. Okay, and so, but then, yeah, all of a sudden, there are all these kids. And so that's, all these kids that's why I thought, right. well... The kids were temporarily moved. Well, they were temporary, so now they've come. So back. now they're all back at the orna- so now orphanage. All the leftovers. Yeah, and they're all. I just. It's he's Daddy Warbucks and it's Annie. I just thought that yeah. these were all the now orphans from the explosions of the town. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a better explanation. Like the new orphans. We yeah. got fresh ones from the compound. There there oh go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, yeah, and then Let's it ends with Hulk tossing his stupid ass Santa hat at a bush, and it zooms in on the bush. And I'm just like a bush that's shaped like a hand. Yes. Yeah. I'm just like waiting. Like, is someone going to pop out of there? But no. No. No, it's, uh-uh. it lingers on that hat for way too long. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end that's of the that's movie. Um, <laughs> trivia after a quick break. Okay, we're back. Trivia. Do you guys have anything on this one? Mm-hmm. Um, the director, John Murlowski, mm-hmm. um, did some other things. His most successful movie was Richie Rich's Christmas. So there's a Christmas theme going on here. And then the other thing, there were two other things. Pierre, who played the chef, Mm -hmm. is actually French, and his name is actually Pierre. And then I read that the original author's draft of this movie changed so much that he sued to have his name removed. I don't blame him. Yeah, so that's what I got. Uh, and then um, Dr. Blight, Snape, uh, <laughs> or uh, whoever he's supposed to be, um, uh, his, that actor's name is Steve Valentine. Yep. And if you are, uh, uh, he's been in like every TV show known to man. Yeah. Um, he's, but also, if you're a video game fan, you might know him as the voice of Harry Flynn from Uncharted 2, which is one of my favorite games of all time. That's uh, cool. As well as... Alistair in the entirety of the Dragon Age video game series. Yeah. 
which those are great games. And that's an enduring character. He's in all of them. Wow. Yeah. We like that guy. Yeah. I liked him. I like, he's, he's very good. Just this movie sucks. So. Yeah. Speaking of voice actors, the actress who played... Uh, by the way, who is your who is your hobo in a barn, Adina? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so um, Susan's my hobo in a barn because she she basically got the ball rolling here mm-hmm. for this whole movie, and quite frankly, I think she might have been the best actor. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I love me some Mila Kunis, and I thought she was great. I mean, there were moments watching Mila Kunis, I was like, oh God, you're just. This is no good. This is not happening. But, um, yeah, so Susan, Susan, the child on Santa's lap who called attention to the hooligans and started this whole um, catastrophe, she's my hobo in a barn. Speaking of voice actors, Aria Noel Curzon, who was... Elizabeth. Yes, she was Elizabeth. She does the voice of Ducky in all the Land Before Time sequels. Oh, my God. Yeah. Additionally... um, one of the uh, one of the executive producers on this movie is reported to be Jordan Belford, who was the oh, yeah. subject of The Wolf of Wall Wolf Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And then lastly, I got the gross of this movie was one hundred ninety eight point seven million dollars. The gross. Sit on that one. Wait, say that again. One hundred and ninety eight point seven million dollars. How the hell did it make and that Wikipedia much money? Reports more, but since this is an IMDb-based podcast, I go with their report. Holy I mean, it shit! Had to be video. Oh my god! This this may have very well been in theaters. That that's not right. No, no, this, this was in theaters because it had an opening weekend box. That's not okay. <laughs> Best line, worst line. You know, none all. Yeah, I've got one that could be either, really. But um, Hulk Hogan says, "Being Santa opened up my eyes, and I didn't like what I saw." So that was his moment of truth. My best line was stated earlier. Look out! He's got a candy cane. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, there's another one yeah, that one. was that was shouted out um, during the elf scene when they were trying to find Santa. Uh, do you have Santa? Nope, but I've got a midget in a clown suit. There you go. Oh, and I, yeah. <laughs> I did, the the worst for me was the the roses line because that started off the whole like descent into madness as far as how bad the writing actually is on this. Yeah, because the there whole, was another I, one. I told you not to stop and smell the roses. Right, and, and Blight just, says oh, later during the tower fight, Santa, you slay you me. You slay me. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh no! He just broke so his bad. pen. I was just, I was just <laughs> yeah. noticing here. Uh, the kid that played um, Taylor, Taylor Adam Wiley, yeah, has a ton of voiceover credit as well. Yeah, he he voiced uh, Jimmy Olsen in the Superman Doomsday animated movie. I looked him up too. He's done He's some got stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah, he was the kid on Picket Fences. That's right. That's how I knew him. Yeah. I thought he looked familiar. Uh, yeah, he was he was the young kid on Picket Fences. Which was so there's a lot of talent in this movie. There it just is. was not used very just, well. It's just a bad movie. It's just bad. Yeah. My, my worst line was also a pun. It's when they're taking away Dr. Snape, who's been frozen in a freezer, and he says, I guess he'll have to defrost himself. <laughs> yeah. Long to drinking game. Oh, God. Mm. This was an easy one for me. Oh, what, what do you have? Uh, it's a combination. 
Every time Dr. Snape's accent fades out, Santa is said. Those are my two. You're going to be drunk within That's the rough. first 30 minutes. Is that a bad thing I when you're say, watching this movie? I, 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 I would say not how many, every time Santa is said, but every time Santa with muscles is said, because they actually call him that a couple of times. They do. Especially the reporter. That's pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... But it's not as often as just Santa. I guess so every time safer. there's a bad pun... Yeah. Yeah. I'm still sticking to drinking every time they say Santa. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You I, I would not recommend keeping closer. with the moonshine while doing that, no. but... <laughs> no. Closer to oblivion. Fair enough. <laughs> closer to the end. Closer to... Escape. <laughs> what do they do right... Oh, <laughs> not a lot. The pacing was good on this. The pace, yes. Yes. So I was going to say, this, yeah. it was very reminiscent to me, well, not in tone or anything like that, but of Fat Slags, the way right. that they just, they kept going. Yeah. Because I, I, <laughs> I actually uh, walked in uh, to, to get some more coffee <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it yes. was, uh, and um, I was telling my wife about this movie, and I was trying to explain to her the plot, everything that had happened up to the point where I'd stopped. And once I did, which took me a good eight minutes to explain everything that had happened so far, and then I ended it by saying, and I'm only 30 minutes into the movie. And she said, what? Yeah. That's the first 30 minutes? I would have thought you only had like 15 minutes left. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, no. That's how much. That's how convoluted this plot is. Yeah. Just in the first thirty minutes. Yep. It, it's ridiculous, but that's a lot of stuff they packed into a short amount of time. Yeah. So as much as I didn't like it, as much as I didn't enjoy it, they just it keeps moving. It keeps yeah. going. It keeps going. They don't linger too much, except for the um, the scene in the chapel where they sing "Angel Baby." Yeah, there was that, that and then is the long like. Ugh. The long, but, oh my gosh, I can get his fingerprint And the slow motion shot. shot yeah, the, so but, yeah, there was that. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I thought, I thought the casting of the kids was pretty good. Like, yeah, the kids were okay. I, There was nothing about them that I was like, fuck. Um, you know, so. The three main kids, not the yeah, ones at the mall. Yeah, but, and that Susan. Was, that was my, that yeah, was mine yeah. too. Right, and Susan. I love me some Susan. And I thought the woman who played Leslie was just fine. I liked Garrett C. Morris quite a lot because he just plays the same guy over and over. Right. He plays that same guy in Two Broke Girls. So at least he's consistent. Um, so I'd say uh, casting, mm-hmm. for the most part, was successful. Um, but the rest of this movie can suck my it's dick. Just, it, it's just. Horribly written. I, I am not surprised that this draft or this uh, screenplay went through several drafts and yeah. rewrites. Yeah, that and then we got and all. then we got this piece of shit that we got this. Yeah. So who? I mean, it wasn't a major studio release. No. But whoever was producing it obviously had that mentality of no, we got to make it. We got to go for the cheaper laughs. We got to go for, and I will I give. I don't like puns. No, I know no, you no, don't. No. I know they're horrible. I'm not making any excuses for it <laughs> at all. But I will give them credit for this. They did not go the potty humor route. Right. There were no fart jokes. There was nothing. There were, there was yeah. No, there were no scatological jokes at right. all. Um, just even the um, even the methane thing. The, the methane thing. They just called it like stink gas. Right. 
Yeah. And that's all it was. They that's didn't all make it was. Farting noises while they were inflating his suit with it or anything. No. It was just no. Yeah. So at least I'll give them that much. They didn't. They didn't go the potty humor route. It'd be interesting to know what the first draft looked like. All right, Zip, go ahead. The flaming cinematic turd meter. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> fart jokes, um, yeah, this this one it, it's <laughs> they got not a lot right. <laughs> it was horrible to watch. It was not funny. Um, not by far the worst thing I've ever seen, but I sure as hell never want to see it again. Uh, I am giving this one a four. And there you have it. And that's another episode of It Came From The Bottom. My voice hurts. Yeah. My head hurts. My soul hurts. <laughs> Everything hurts. And I just want to go and drink until it doesn't. <laughs> that's another episode of It Came From The Bottom. <laughs> Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time, we have something a little different for you guys. Tune in.